You're listening to the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Let's get to it. Welcome to another edition of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. And folks, there is a lot to get into. Oh, a lot of good, a lot of really good stuff happened this week. And some bad stuff happened this week. Stuff that makes you wonder, why am I still watching wrestling? Oh, God. But there's a lot to go over. There's a lot to go over. Things that happened on last week's SmackDown uh, involving now the main event of Wrestle, uh, WrestleMania Night 2 of Roman Reigns versus Edge versus Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan's repeated history. Is Edge considered to be a heel now? Hmm, I'm not sure. We'll get into that. Um, what happened on a little bit of what happened on Raw, a little bit of what happened on AEW, and because WrestleMania week is so crazy next week, on this episode, I will be doing my NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver predictions for this episode. I'm going over night one and night two because you know how I do these podcasts. Um, like, <clears throat> like, I release them every Friday. So with TakeOver Stand and Deliver happening on Wednesday and Thursday next week, respectively, I do my podcasts on Thursday nights when I record them. So thanks, WB, for fucking that all up. And I'm not even sure what I'm going to do about Mania. We'll have to see. Anyway, we'll get into all that later on in the episode. But for now, I have a very special treat for all of you. So if you recall the band I am in, Hollow Heroes, we have a brand new single coming out. I told you you were going to hear more from us. I told you you were. And now you are. We have a new single out on Spotify, Apple Music called Death is Expensive. And as a special treat, I'm going to be playing that song on this podcast. That's right. This is Hollow Heroes. Death is Expensive. Nosebleeds on Sunday night. I can't wait to sing till I get it right. For all the souls left behind. The one cold thing that I can't find. Wanting to go back in time. Some might say a simpler time. When people thought we'd be alright. Maybe we'll go back tonight. Oh 
is hollow heroes new single death is expensive hope you all enjoyed that again you can find that on all music platforms wherever they may be spotify apple music uh just about everywhere you can think of uh hope you all guys enjoyed that and now we'll get into the bit of the wrestling <clears throat> we might as well just get the shittiest part of uh of what happened this week out of the way shall we Oh God! Just, just, just when you think WWE are having a somewhat decent build to this year WrestleMania, despite all of the circumstances and everything, you think they'd have a decent time building to this WrestleMania, but no, no, they have not. And the reason being is because of what they did this past Monday to the Hurt Business. Now the Hurt Business has been one of the biggest, it, it's the one of the, uh, it's the small diamond, one of the few diamonds and shining moments in the pile of shit that is Monday Night Raw. You know, it started off with, you know, Bobby Lashley was in this, in this, this horrible storyline with Rusev and Lana. And he went from, you know, this really, really bad storyline to aligning himself with MVP, getting this great partnership and this great, you know, chemistry between these two, then adding Shulton Benjamin, making the Hurt Business, then having Cedric Alexander join the Hurt Business, 
Then Benjamin and Alexander win the tag titles. You know, Bobby Lashley's U.S. champion. You know, then Elimination Chamber comes, and we saw what happened. You know, Bobby Lashley becomes... I'm sorry, The Miz becomes WWE champion. Sorry, we don't want to remind ourselves, remind ourselves of that. But a few weeks on Raw later, Bobby Lashley's a champion. And you're thinking to yourself, wow, this is really cool. Bobby Lashley is has looked the best he's ever been in WWE. He's got this great faction behind him. MVP is their mouthpiece, you know. And Lashley, I think, can talk decently on the mic. You know, and then... When Lashley won the title, it's just like they didn't even care. It's like, oh, well, Alexander and Benjamin, yeah, we, we don't really want him in, in, with them anymore. So they kicked Benjamin and Alexander out of the Hurt Business. Bobby squashed Benjamin this past week on Raw. And Bobby Lashley still had the bounty to take out on Drew McIntyre. You know, uh, you know, the winner of Bobby Lashley's bounty on Drew Will says they'll get his championship match if they take him out. Ricochet tried to take out Drew. Didn't work out. Drew won. Ali tried to take out Drew. Didn't work. Drew won. But who came to the aid of one Bobbert Lashley? Who came to the aid two weeks before WrestleMania ruining the Hurt Business by throwing Baron fucking Corbin into this faction. So everybody on Twitter, everybody on the internet's like, oh, they, they broke up the Hurt Business. And then MVP said, no, we didn't break, the Hurt Business didn't break up. We downsized. You know, one of the really great things about the Hurt Business is that every single member of the Hurt Business was an African-American, was a black man. I really like that. And it's not necessarily because they were all African-Americans that I thought the faction was great. It was just a nice little feature to have. That every single one of them was of African American, but the the them getting together just worked because they were just a bunch of guys who have been underutilized and under the guidance of MVP. You know they've been able to excel their careers, and now you kick out Benjamin and Alexander to have Baron Corbin, and I think the reasoning for this is because they truly think that Baron Corbin will draw the heat that they want on Bobby Lashley because they're worried that there's going to be backlash on Drew because they definitely want Drew to win the title. If there wasn't any if there was any doubt that Bobby that, that sorry that Drew could win the title, there's no doubt now because they truly believe that Baron Corbin is a heat magnet. He's going to get so much heat on Lashley. Oh, he's going to get so much heat. Oh, God, pal, think of the heat. Is exactly what Vince McMahon is thinking in his little cave in, Conne- in Stanford, Connecticut. Which, it, it, it just it doesn't make any fucking sense. Now, Baron Corbin is a wrestler who, when you put him in... I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of Corbin, but when you put him in certain areas, he works. You know, he's really great as an upper mid-card, top, uh, upper mid-card heel. He really works at that. But... He is not a top heel guy, all right? That is my opinion. That is my opinion, my opinion only. If you like Baron Corbin, that's fine. But this doesn't, to me, this doesn't help the WWE Championship picture at WrestleMania. To the point where Bobby even put up a picture of the three of them when they used to team together as Baron Corbin's mid-card of evil, where it's a... They cross out Drew and Bobby and Baron. And to think 
the, the things that Drew's been in his career since coming back, you know, he was paired with Dolph. And then him and Dolph were paired with Braun. And then he was aligned with, with Shane McMahon. And then prior to that, he was aligned with Baron Corbin and Bobby Lashley. These little groups just didn't make any fucking sense. And and now they're doing a callback to that. We're like, I don't even think they had a name, Corbin, Lashley, and Drew. They, they didn't even have a fucking name. I don't know. This is, is I think, is the wrong way to go about of how you want Drew to get over. I mean, I don't know. I, I just, fuck. It's, this just sucks, man. Could you imagine if the person who took out Drew was Keith Lee? Could you imagine that? This would have been so much better. If you turned Keith Lee heel and he joined the Hurt Business... Bobby Lashley, MVP, and Keith Lee? Limitless Keith Lee? I mean, I think that's way better than Baron Corbin. In fact, they even WWE even announced the Andre the Giant, Giant Memorial Battle Royal for, for WrestleMania, and Baron Corbin's in the match. Yeah, that really doesn't scream, hey, you should really take Baron Corbin seriously. No, that doesn't make me take Baron Corbin seriously. Because if you're not going to take him seriously and put him in a fucking pre-show match, then I'm not going to take him seriously as a heater for Bobby Lashley. And Bobby Lashley doesn't even need a heater. He's a big fucking guy himself. He can do this on his own. I don't know. I remember watching, I was watching a little bit of the Wrestle Talk Raw Review podcast, and someone had DM'd Luke Owen saying, Well, now remember the stipulation was that the Hurt Business couldn't get involved in the WrestleMania match. Now Cedric and, and Shelton are, are not in the Hurt Business anymore, so they can get involved. Which to that is very hopeful optimism, but I don't think that's going to work. And I don't think it's going to happen. I truly think they're just like, Oh, well, he doesn't need lackeys anymore. You look at the Hurt Business, and then you look at a group like Undisputed Era. Undisputed Era, the thing was is that all of those guys together helped elevate each other. You know, Adam Cole, it's not like an NXT. Could you imagine NXT if they're just like, oh, well, now that Cole's champion, he doesn't need O'Reilly or Fish and Strong, or he doesn't need certain guys. I'm just like, that's ridiculous. Because every single time, like they all elevated each other. You know, sure, they'd get involved and help Cole cheat, but there's a bunch of times where... Cole didn't need the Undisputed Era to win his matches for him. Like, when Cole started his historic NXT Championship reign, he beat Johnny Gargano without the help of Undisputed Era. He won it on his own. You know? I mean, the same thing could have been done for the Hurt Business with Bobby Lashley. All these guys could elevate each other. When you treat guys like Benjamin and Alexander just like lackeys to Lashley, then that's, it's, it's shit booking is what it is. It is. I, I remember putting, going on Twitter and saying, and re-quoting the tweet of Bobby Lashley showing that picture of Drew crossed out where they're all holding their arms in the air, Drew, Baron Corbin, and, and Bobby Lashley. And I said some, something along the lines of, imagine having this amazing faction going into WrestleMania, disbanding it, just so you can pair up your champion with Baron fucking Corbin. This is absolute shit booking. And it is. To what really wasn't an eventful Raw either, you know? <laughs> Apparently, Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler are getting involved with, with Asuka and Rhea Ripley. When Rhea Ripley and Asuka are WrestleMania opponents, I just... Pff, I don't know. What's amazing to me is that Raw and SmackDown are in the same company... 
SmackDown is, is is by far the superior show, not just because it's like it's bad and Raw is so bad that it makes SmackDown look amazing. SmackDown's really good in its own right, but Raw is so bad, I guess it does make SmackDown look amazing. But SmackDown seems to know what they're doing with their storylines, you know? At least for the most part. I mean, we saw on SmackDown this past Friday that it is now Roman Reigns versus Edge versus Daniel Bryan. History's repeating itself. Like, damn near, what, seven, eight years later? Something like that? So that has to be the number or something. And now we have Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns versus Edge, like I said. And has Edge turned heel? I'm, I'm thinking he did. I mean, at first I was like, you know, a fast lane, like, ah, he's probably a tweener and he has every right to be upset. But, but, but he went off on everybody. He beat up Roman, Daniel Bryan, I think Jey Uso too. I think Jey Uso might have gotten involved. I don't really remember. But he went off on everybody. And I'm like, holy shit. Similar, again, like back in 2014 when it was going to be Daniel Bryan, sorry, when it was going to be uh, Batista versus Randy Orton and nobody wanted it. Not that nobody wanted Edge versus Roman. I mean, I certainly was, I'm into it. And I don't think people were necessarily against Edge being in the main event of WrestleMania, but it's just like similar thing, you know? You have the top heel champion. You have the part-timer coming into the main event of WrestleMania. May not necessarily be similar to Dave Batista, but what is similar is that he comes in, wins the main event, uh, wins the Royal Rumble, goes on to main event WrestleMania, was a babyface going in, and now is a heel so to speak, at least what it seems, which that's made of any night two, and I'm glad it's made of any night two. Right now, it's my most anticipated match for Mania. Um, I am looking forward to Drew versus Bobby. I'm looking forward to Bianca versus Sasha. Oscar versus Rhea Ripley should be good too. Uh, Mania, I mean, it's shaping up decently, and I think it could be good. I'm glad they're breaking it up into two nights. I don't know if this is going to be a thing they're going to do regularly, but at least for this year, uh, it's good. Last year, I mean, it was it was good. Well, I mean, Mania was Mania last year. It was what it was, honestly. It still boggles my mind that Raw and SmackDown are done by the same company. But what can you do, I guess? The, the SmackDown side of things have definitely been booked a lot better than the Raw side of things. I mean... <laughs> Again, look at the Universal Championship picture and then look at the WWE Championship picture. Um, we'll just have to get into that, I guess. But anyway, looking through what's been going on this week. Um, let's take a look here. So, um, I guess we can talk about the new IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Or the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship? Um, I, I don't know how to feel about it, to be honest. I really, really don't. It's, um, I guess it is what it is. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's, it's an homage to the older IWGP Heavyweight Championships. Uh, it's, but it's, it's just, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. I really, really love the the IWGP World Heavyweight and the IWGP Intercontinental Championships. I just thought those were really, really cool belt designs. And now it's kind of just um, they've unified the title. Um, 
it is what it is. I don't know. I mean, I saw a tweet a little while ago on Twitter going like, what has Gato been smoking with like, you know, evil joining Bullet Club and winning the title last year and, you know, Will Ospreay, uh, Os Cuttering, B. Priestley. I, I don't know. He's taking some very experimental stuff, uh, whatever Gato is doing these days. But um, I don't think the championship necessarily matters as long as the matches are good. I mean, we can have not-so-great championship designs but still have really good, fun matches. And I think Kota Ibushi and Will Ospreay will do that. I think it's Sakura Genesis is the next pay-per-view coming up. I could be completely wrong. Don't don't butcher me on it. Um, but yeah, I'm not a big fan of the um, I'm not a big fan of the new title belt. I really, really, I enjoyed the older, the previous designs better. I, I thought the the IWGP Heavyweight Championship was one of the most beautiful championship designs in all of pro wrestling. Same goes for the Intercontinental Championship. It's uh, more or less the same belt, but just with a white strap. I don't know. I'm a sucker for white straps on championships. Like the Inter the old Intercontinental Championship, the previous one from this one that we have, and like the, the original Intercontinental Championship way back in the day. Those are beautiful. It's a beautiful belt design. And now, now we got this. <laughs> now we have this title belt. I don't know. Gato, I don't know what the fuck you're doing, man. But um, you got to stop. Tell good stories and book good 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 feuds, but you got to stop with this experimental shit. It's not working, pal. I don't know. Anyway, let's go into the rest of things. Some things that have happened this week uh, in the world of uh, pro wrestling. Um, I will talk about for a little bit my thoughts on this week's AEW Dynamite. Um, now, I will say that I've not seen everything from Dynamite, so I'm not going to talk about the main event match between Kip Sabian uh, and Miro versus Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor. I don't know what happened, so I can't comment. I don't know if the match was great. I don't know if the match was good, bad, or whatever. If Meltzer gave it five stars again, uh, maybe he's just got a hard-on for the best friends. Anyway, my, my, my point is I haven't seen it, so I'm not really going to talk about it. What I am going to talk about is, um, I'll talk. We'll, 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 first, let's get into the whole Omega Bucks storyline and John Moxley. So it was announced for next week that we were getting uh, the Young Bucks and John Moxley versus Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers. Um, definitely, you know the Bucks have officially disbanded themselves from Kenny Omega. Don Callis goes over, wants goes backstage in an interview with the, the Young Bucks where they're being interviewed by Alex Marvez. And Don wanted to speak to, to Matt personally and said, like, what is wrong with you, man? What is wrong with you? Kenny meant what he said when he said he chose his family over more fame or his or his home in Japan. You know, and you you broke his heart. We're just going to sit there and do nothing just like you didn't save your father. I don't know what it is with you. He kind of leans back and he smacks Matt right in the face. Matt grabs him, wants to hit him. He's like, you're, you're despicable. You're just like, like you know... Callus really making you, making grind your gears and really hate him, you know. So, John Moxley is still feuding with Kenny Omega, um, which leads me to believe that whole Christian Cage thing could still happen a double or nothing. I don't know, because this TV feud is still going on. Eddie Kingston, I think, is K. I don't know if he's kayfabe out with an injury or if he really is out with an injury. But at the moment, Eddie Kingston is not involved in the storyline, at least right now. Um, but this was like a lot of fun. I mean, I think it's safe to say when I say that the elite are no more. They have to be. 
it, it has to be that they're no more. I mean, the one thing we can do is check the good old Wikipedia, the the greatest source of wrestling information. And um, yeah, the elite are no more. Uh, you look on Wikipedia, it all says former members, and it says former member uh, March twenty as of March twenty fourth, twenty twenty one. Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson, Kenny Omega. Uh, the elite are no more. And you know what? Eventually, this is going to happen. Eventually, the elite were going to disband. The elite were eventually going to. Um, they were going to move on to greener pastures. I mean, Cody has moved on, Hangman's moved on, and Kenny and the Bucks have moved on. So we all knew we all knew this was going to happen one day. Did we think it was going to happen a few a few short years into AEW's history? Maybe, maybe not. But now, with what we have this week on on Dynamite. What led to the Bucks versus Bucks and Moxley versus Omega and uh, Good Brothers match for next week was that they were having a the, the Good Brothers and Omega that is having a six man tag team match against Laredo Kid and the Lucha Bros, and the promo that was shown during the Lucha Bros entrance saying that they want they want the Young Bucks gold and they want the Good Brothers gold. Now I got immediately excited by that. Now, could we be seeing the Lucha Bros go back to Impact? Go after Gallows and Anderson and, and as the Impact tag team? Um, or is that... um? Wait, Gallows and Anderson are no longer the Impact tag team champions. Yeah, yeah, that's right. They they lost them to uh, Finjuice. Yeah, David Finley and, and uh, Juice Robinson. Yeah, so I don't know what the hell they're talking about. Well, they're going after uh, Gallows and Anderson. You know, uh, unless I'm, I'm fucking up here and seeing Impact Impact Tag Champs. I'm pretty sure it's Finjuice still. Because they definitely did not drop, drop tag titles. Yeah, it's it's fin, it's it's Finjuice. It's David Finley and Juice Robinson. Well, maybe they alluded to uh, going after the Impact Tag Team titles. Going after all the gold. I mean, if Kenny Omega can do it, why can't the, why can't the Lucha Brothers do it? But I am intrigued by a Good Brothers versus Lucha Brothers tag team match, whether it be on AEW Dynamite or Impact or Impact Pay-Per-View or AEW Pay-Per-View. I would really, really enjoy that. We haven't really seen Gallows and Anderson work a match on a pay-per-view yet for AEW. Um, I the last I mean the last pay-per-view we saw before Revolution was um, Full Gear. So we haven't seen them work a pay-per-view just yet. Maybe at Double or Nothing we'll get the Lucha Bros versus Gallows and Anderson. Or we could get that the following week after this week coming up. But um, I think, I mean, I, the, the, the six-man tag match was just insane, you know, where I think Laredo Kid had Kenny on the ropes and then you see Ray Phoenix come in, doing, walk in the type room, just... Mm, smacking Kenny in the face with his fucking boot. Um, you know, there's Canadian Destroyers, there's Suicide Dives. There's a crazy Suicide Dive that Laredo Kid hit where he, like, he flipped into it, coming out of it. Where, like, his head, like, like he almost did, like, a handstand landing on Omega. That was really cool. Laredo Kid's a really, really great wrestler. And I'm, if he's not signed to AEW soon, he should be. Unless he's working with AAA or something. Because if he is working with AAA, then I guess he's partnered with them but I don't know it's it's I mean we all know the partnership between 
AEW, AAA, and you know now Impact and New Japan. You know we're getting a lot of a lot of you know cross uh, cross stars coming into the company. And once the pandemic is starting to ease up a little bit, we'll be able to getting more wrestlers from different parts of the world be coming into AEW. Um, I think this feud probably will definitely blow off in, in maybe in double or nothing. This whole thing with Omega and the Bucks, Moxley and the Good Brothers. I'm thinking maybe we could get the Young Bucks versus Gallows and Anderson at double or nothing now that I think about it. Because that would be uh, the first pay-per-view match that they work as a tag team on in AEW. Uh, they had a tag match with Moxley and Kingston a few weeks ago. But I think we could probably get the Young Bucks versus Gallows and Anderson for the AEW tag team titles at double or nothing. As far as uh, Omega goes with his championship match at double or nothing, I don't know what they're going to do. Um... It still could be Christian Cage, which I don't mind, honestly. I don't mind. Um, some people might, but I don't. I think it would be a great match. Um, speaking of Christian Cage, he opened Dynamite this week with his first victory in AEW against Frankie Kazarian. Uh, both these guys had really great chemistry together. They've worked together before in Impact Wrestling and TNA, his, uh, TNA Wrestling. Um, it was really fun, really, really good back-and-forth match between Kazarian and uh, Christian Cage. Um, and Christian looks awesome, man. He looks like a total stud. He's in shape. He's all tanned. He's all, he's looks like he hasn't, you know, missed a beat, you know? And I'm happy that he's wrestling again and that he's in AEW where he wants to work every week, where he wants to help younger talent and he wants to be in the ring with different wrestlers and a new crop of wrestlers in AEW. And there's a lot of younger guys that he can help, um, that he could really help, uh, you know, uh, mold, I don't know about mold, but, but give them some great advice, you know, because a lot of these wrestlers need guys like Christian and Jericho and, you know, Sting, um, John Moxley, um, guys who have been around for so long and that were in the WWE system or like, you know, Sting against WCW and then at least that era for a certain period of time where like, you know, they know a lot and they learned a lot. And, you know, a lot of these younger guys aren't going to learn what they really, really need to know unless they learn it from guys who are in that system so they can take it and apply it to different um, different uh, aspects of their career. You know, like um, I remember in, in the Kurt Angle episode I did with uh, with Bryce from the Making Cave podcast, um, he, his wrestling trainer is Joe Hendry. Um, a wrestler who is in Ring of Honor and he is a big name in the UK independent scene and Bryce was saying how that um, that Joe learned so much. He learned an insurmountable information from Kurt Angle just by wrestling him. He learned so much in just one match uh, from wrestling someone like Kurt Angle um, and that's really what guys in AEW need. Uh, that's why you have guys like Jericho and Sting and all these guys coming in to help these younger talents. And I think that's what Christian Cage is doing here. Um, you know, speaking of Bryce and the Making Cafe podcast, um, if you check out this week, past week's episode they did, they, they rebooked uh, John Cena's heel turn. Well, not rebooked, but 
they booked John Cena's heel turn, the missed opportunity, and that it was going to happen. Um, I have to say, Bryce, if you're listening, pal, you hit the nail right on the head, man. You did a fantastic job of keeping it within that time frame between 2012 and 2013 of the time where Cena really should have turned heel. He really should have turned heel, and you knocked out of the park, man, as as per usual. Uh, definitely go check out that episode this past week that was released this Tuesday. It's on pod, you know, every podcast app you can find, the Making Kayfabe uh, podcast with my friends Bryce and Dylan. And I had sent in a little Kayfabe Tombola. Uh, if you don't know what that is, Listen to the podcast and find out. It's 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 a lot of laughs. It's a lot of laughs. So shout out to um, Bryce and Dylan over the Making Cafe podcast. Uh, appreciate you guys. Keep putting out good shit. So anyway, back to AEW. Um, I'm really hoping Christian can just, like I said, just mold these younger talents and help elevate them. You know. Um, is he going to be in the world title match at uh, Double or Nothing? Eh, possibly. He possibly could, but we'll have to wait and see. Uh, but one pairing that happened that was uh, that apparently is official now that I find very interesting is All Ego Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky teaming together. They're going to be having a tag team match on AEW El- Dark Elevation on Monday against the Seidel brothers. And I'm like, yo, that's awesome. Ethan Page, um, you know, obviously kind of a dickhead heel. And Scorpio Sky really getting into this heel persona he's in now. These two as a tag team, I think, could really tear it up. Um, I mean, obviously, Ethan Page was in the North with Josh Alexander over in Impact Wrestling. And they were a phenomenal tag team. And I'm hoping that Josh Alexander could get to AEW someday. So we could see the North in AEW. Because that's one thing FTR really wanted. It's like they really, when they left WWE, they wanted to face the North. And I don't know, we could see that match someday, but I don't think anytime soon, considering Josh Alexander's current obligations to Impact Wrestling. But Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky, that's a tag team I think could go very, very far. I think they could do a lot because they're both cocky heels and they definitely could just essentially fuck shit up, you know? Uh, they had a video package this past uh, this past week on Dynamite, and I really enjoyed it. I really liked it. Um, hope they go far with this, and this doesn't get dropped or anything. Um, the other thing that happened on AEW Dynamite, I know that did happen, actually, from the main event. I know I said I didn't watch it, but there is one thing I remember. I just remember that happened on Twitter, is that Chris Statlander came back. Chris Statlander came back and attacked Penelope Ford. I don't know if Chris Statlander was injured by Penelope Ford, but she's back, and I'm happy about it. Uh, it definitely gives a boost in the arm to the women's division that AEW's women's division desperately needs, and I always like Chris Statlander. Uh, I hope they do something well with her. The one thing I will close out for uh, with the whole AEW thing is I want to talk about the inner circle coming back and attacking the pinnacle. So the segment starts off with MJF saying saying that they've got, you know, they have the inner, the inner circle has, sorry, uh, the pinnacle has their own uh, interior designer. And they have a guy there. They're going to redecorate the, the, the locker room, the you know, inner circle's old locker room. And then they open up, MJF opens up the door to try and reveal the, I guess, the interior designer, even though that was the guy. I don't know. 
Um, and then you see Jericho, Santana, Ortiz, and Sammy Guevara. And he's they're all pissed off. And he's like, we got to go. We got to go. And then you open the door to the hallway, and there's Jake Hager. And then Inner Circle just start beating the shit out of the pinnacle. Uh, Hager takes on Wardlow and brings him to, uh, I think, a doctor's area. And he throws him through a massage table. Santana and Ortiz take out uh, FTR, where, where Dax Harwood's head was bleeding profusely. He had to get stitches in his head after that attack, you know? Um, you know, they took down, they took, uh, Proud and Powerful took down F- FTR and Tully Blanchard. Uh, Sammy Guevara took out Sean Spears in the hallway. And then Chris Jericho took out M- MJF and took, put his head in uh, a toilet. Like, come on, come on, you piece of crap. Come on, this is what you get, what you deserve, you son of a bitch. You know, they just beat down the pinnacle and the inner circle are for sure baby faces now. Um, getting, getting the uh, the pinnacle, getting their comeuppets, and the inner circle taking their locker room back. Um, uh, I I would think it's safe to say that for double or nothing. Sorry, Sean, definitely not going to happen at our AEW show in September. But for double or nothing, the pinnacle versus the inner circle, that's gotta happen. But, and the reason why I say sorry, Sean, blood. And guts. There's enough members on each team to do this. We were originally supposed to get the Elite versus the Inner Circle. And then we were supposed to get the Elite and Matt Hardy versus the Inner Circle. Let's do blood and guts, man. Let's fucking do it. It's been building to this. It's been building to this for so long. Let's just... We have enough guys in the Pentagon. We have enough guys in the Inner Circle. Let's do it. Let's do blood and guts, double or nothing. The pinnacle versus the inner circle, man. Let's fucking do it. I, I mean, that's. I want to see it. I'm, I'm sure I'm, I'm not the only one who wants to see it. I'll put a tw- poll out on Twitter. Do you want to see the inner circle versus the pinnacle inside blood and guts? Essentially, if you don't know what blood and guts is, it's war games. But AEW can't call it war games. That's why. And Blood and Guts is because Vince called AEW a Blood and Guts promotion. So it's a nice little jab at Vince McMahon. Anyway, that's what I saw from AEW this week. Uh, I enjoyed uh, this week's episode. Um, I love Christian Cage versus Frank Frank Kazarian. I love the stuff with Omega, the Good Brothers, and the Lucha Bros and Laredo Kid. Uh, All great stuff. Uh, All fun stuff. And now, to close out the rest of this podcast, we're going to be going into... NXT and a little bit what happened there and then we'll get into NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver predictions um, I'll say this episode of NXT um, it was good I, I enjoyed it there's some things that kind of like eh for me like you know like the, the Battle Royal was a little it was okay um, but I did enjoy the episode overall. I loved, loved, loved the uh, video package for Kyle O'Reilly versus uh, Adam Cole. That was amazing. I loved it so much. Uh, Champa had cut a corner on Walter. Uh, we had all the tag team title, uh, the tag teams in the triple threat tag team match uh, get in. Well, I, well, Grizzly Young Vets weren't there. They sent in a video. But, um, you know, we had that. Uh <laughs> So matches were were made for NXT Takeover, NXT Takeover Stand and Deliver. Um, like a few more matches, I believe. Yeah, two more matches. Right, one was added to one, night one, and another was added to night two. Um, 
so we're getting in now the <laughs> the six uh, six man eliminating gauntler match. Now that was very confusing with that battle royal, but it was pretty much to determine who would get in the gauntlet match, and then the final six competitors who would be eliminated that would determine their order of the match. So it's Leon Ruff, it's Isaiah Sword Scott, Bronson Reed, Cameron Grimes, Esther Loomis, and L.A. Knight. Um, and, you know, and we got Kushida versus Pete Dunn out of it, too, to add to the TakeOver card. I'm just like, damn, y'all are really stacking the deck for the first night so you don't watch AEW. I mean, that's what I'm going to watch anyway. I'm going to watch TakeOver Night 1 because I don't miss NXT TakeOvers. Hell, even the NXT TakeOver 31, I watched that over the Saturday Night uh, Dynamite episode, you know, over when Brody Lee won the title. The TNT title. So, yeah, takeovers have a very special place in my heart, and I never, ever want to miss them. Never, ever, 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 ever. I mean, NXT is a big reason for me falling in love with pro wrestling all over again, essentially. But we'll get through these predictions real quickly, and you'll be on your merry way. Anyway, so predictions for NXT TakeOver Stand and Delivers Nights 1 and 2. So, episode uh, night 1. Pete Dunne versus Kushida in a singles match. Um... This one is a bit of a toss-up. It's a bit of a coin flip, but I'm gonna go with um, I'm gonna go with Pete Dunne. Uh, something tells me you know Kushida could really use the win here, but I have a feeling Pete Dunne's gonna take the win here. Not really sure why. I just think it's gonna be Pete Dunne. Uh, the triple threat for the NXT vacant NXT tag team titles: MSK of Wesley and Nash Carter versus the grizzled young veterans of James Drake and Zach Gibson versus Legado del Fantasma of Raúl Mendoza and Joaquin Wild. Um, I'm going to say that the grizzled young veterans win the tag team titles here, um, and then they can continue a few with MSK because they had really great chemistry at the previous takeover. And they just been working their asses off, man. I think it's going to be Grizzly Young Vets taking the tag titles. Next, we have that six-man uh, six gauntlet eliminator match to determine the number one contender for the North American Championship on night two. So it's going to be Leon Ruff versus Isaiah Swerve Scott versus Bronson Reed versus Cameron Grimes versus Dexter Loomis versus L.A. Knight. Now, for this match, I'm taking Dexter Loomis. They've been building this big match between Loomis and Gargano for a while now. So I'm going to take Dexter Loomis here. He just seems like the logical decision to make. You could say LA Knight, but he's also a heel. Um, and so is Gargano. So it, I don't know if you want to do heel versus heel. But this, this is for Dexter Loomis for sure. Next we have for the UK Championship, the Ring General Volta versus Tommaso Ciampa for the NXT United Kingdom Championship. Um, this one is a little bit harder to predict. Well, I don't know about harder. Um, this this match though for for Takeover, I'm really looking forward to for Night One. Uh, this is gonna be absolutely insane the chops and the hard-hitting style the chops of walter and the hard-hitting style of champa it's just going to be absolutely chaotic um as much as i would love for champa to win the uk championship i don't think it's going to happen i'm going to have to go with walter here i'm going to have to go with him retaining the title and uh yeah walter to retain the title here 
And next up, we have Io Shirai versus Raquel Gonzalez with Dakota Kai in her corner. Um, I've been saying for quite a bit that I think, I don't know about quite a bit, but at least in recent memory, that I think Raquel Gonzalez could take the title off of Io Shirai. Io has held the title for, you know, nine months or so. I think she won it back in April. Not April, uh, May for the takeover in your house. Um... This is tough, man. It's tough. The match has been really has been booked really, really well. Uh, the the feud, the build up to it, um, and looking back, I have predicted a lot of heels to go over. So, I'm gonna take Io Shirai, even though I'm not entirely sure. I th- I'm I'm gonna go with Io on this one. I think that maybe, or you know what. Fuck it, I'm going Raquel Gonzalez, actually. New champion. I think EO hold the title enough, and she's kind of spinning her wheels in NXT. I don't know. I, I'm going to go with, with uh, Raquel Gonzalez. They, they've definitely built her up for this, and I think it's time. I think it's time for her to win the title. Next, we have Night 2. Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart versus The Way of Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell for the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships. Um, Should I go with my heart over my head? Should I? Yeah, I'm going with my heart. The way. Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell. Mainly for Candice. Like, just put a, t- a title on Candice, please. Please put a title on Candice LeRae. That's what I want. I want Candice LeRae to be NXT. If she can't be NXT Women's Champion, at least make her NXT Tag Team. NXT Women's Tag Team Champion. Uh, next up, uh, we're going to go with Jordan Devlin, NXT Cruiserweight Champion versus Santos Escobar, interim NXT Cruiserweight Champion with Raquel, with Raul Mendoza and Joaquin Wilde in his corner in a ladder match that Shawn Michaels announced. And this is a match that has been built pretty much for about a year, more or less. Ever since the pandemic happened, you know, we couldn't get Jordan Devlin to be on NXT every single week. Uh, the lockdowns happened here in the States. Lockdown happened in the UK last year. Um, this has been building for a long time now. So, this is tough. This is really, really tough because Santos Escobar has been doing a phenomenal job as the NXT Cruiserweight Champion. Jordan Devlin has been... was been doing a great job as the NXT Cruiserweight Champion as well. You know, he's the real, you could say the real Cruiserweight Champion. I don't know, man. But there has to be a winner. Um, I'm gonna go... I'm gonna go with Jordan Devlin on this one. Uh, I think this could really... Uh, Escobar has proven just how great he is and how well he's been doing. That I think it's Jordan Devlin's time to shine here. I think Jordan Devlin needs to win. I think Jordan Devlin needs to walk out and take over as the NXT, as the as the undisputed NXT Cruiserweight Champion. Next, uh, Johnny Gargano versus the Gauntlet Eliminator winner for the NXT North American Championship. Now, I think it's going to be Dexter Loomis versus Johnny Gargano, and I think Dexter Loomis. Becomes the new North American champion. Like I said, it's been built into this for a while, and I think it's going to be Loomis versus Gargano, and Gargano is going to finally drop the title to Dexter Loomis. Uh, I mean, we weren't really sure who it could be, but it's it's clear as day now. It's got to be Loomis. Loomis has got to be the one to take that title off of uh, off of Gargano. Um, next, 
uh, Finn Balor, the NXT champion, versus Karrion Cross with Scarlett in his corner. Um, I'm a little unsure about this one, too. Um, hmm. Could we see the demon show up? No, I don't think so. I don't think we'll see the demon show up. But I'm going to go with Finn Balor here. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm going to go with Balor. I, I think they just want him to be champion for a little while longer. Yeah, I'm just going to go with Balor. I really don't know. It, it, toss up for me. I think it's going to be Balor. And finally, what I think is going to be the main event. Adam Cole, baby, versus Kyle O'Reilly in an unsanctioned match. I think this is going to be the main event takeover of night two. I think this is going to probably be maybe the best match of all of Mania weekend. Very well could be. The reason why I picked Balor, I think we had a big sad ending. I'm picking Adam Cole. I'm picking Adam Cole to win this match. And I think this will lead to Adam Cole regaining the NXT Championship to book Kyle O'Reilly down the line in one more match between Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole. This time for the championship where O'Reilly will defeat Cole. I mean, this has had the best build of any match on the entire TakeOver card, night one or two. It is going to be gruesome. It's going to be bloody. It's going to be a hell of a fight. I mean, will it be better than Champa versus Gargano? The first one in New Orleans? Probably not. Probably not. You know, given that it, there's no full capacity crowd in a, in a, in a big stadium. But, um... But I'm looking forward to it. Anyway, guys, that'll do it for this edition of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. Hope you all enjoyed this. Uh, I'll put out some po- polls coming up before NXT TakeOver. What's going to be your favorite match? Uh, what Are you looking forward to night one or night two more? Let us know at TNAWP. And you can follow me on Twitter at CJ underscore 1214. You can follow us at the Not Another Wrestling Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at CJ underscore 1293. Please be sure to be following Hollow Heroes uh, on Instagram. Please be sure to be listening to us on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you get, you, wherever you get your fine music streaming platforms. And please, please be sure to be looking at us on YouTube as well. Alone, our music video, that is still up on YouTube. We'll be having new music content coming out very, very soon. Uh, Death, is Expen- Death is Expensive is the name of our new song. And if you are a Marvel Star Wars nerd, please be listening to my other podcast, the Fan Speculation Podcast with my good buddy, Vinny Carini. Thank you guys all so much. And thank you guys. Uh, thank you again to Bryce and Dylan for the shout out on this week's Making Cafe. Please be sure to be listening to them too on all your podcast platforms, whether it be Apple or Spotify, and be following them on Twitter at Making Kayfabe. Um, please be sure that you're listening to us on Spotify, Apple Music, Apple Music, <laughs> Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play, and just wherever you can find our po- fine, fine podcast episodes. Uh, anyway, thank you guys all so, so, so much. I've been CJ Palmasano, and we'll see you next time.